How do you grow like a VC-backed company without taking on investors? Do you want to create a lifestyle business, a performance business, or an empire? How do you scale to an exit without losing your freedom? Those are the questions, and this show is the answer. What is up, everybody? This is Brian Staley here with The Scale Up Show. Pump, pump, pump. This is the season two of my podcast series, show series, whatever you want to call it. And essentially what I'm doing is relaunching it. The Sales and Marketing Built Freedom Show was absolutely amazing. Did over 125 episodes, met some amazing people, learned some amazing things, hopefully provided a ton of value to you. I've gotten lots of feedback from numerous people about different episodes. So it was awesome. And it was a blessing to go through that. And and now though, with the Scale Up Show, looking to take things to the next level. Obviously I'm in a much different place than I was in August of 2020 when I started this. And I've had so many different experiences and wanna continue to scale up the show really and and make improvements so it's as valuable as possible for anybody who listens to it. And then it just makes a big impact. So uh, today I'm gonna go through, well actually let me take a step back before I get into today. I, I just want you to know, so over the next few weeks, I am gonna be blasting out some episodes that are super valuable that I've only shared with private clients or in private environments where I had paid talks to do this, where I presented to hundreds of executives. And so I wanted to share it with you because it's some of the best stuff in the world that you can learn about revenue growth for your startup, for your SaaS company, for your services company, if you're a revenue leader, founder, or even a sales rep, you're going to benefit. However, this is really looking at strategies to help you grow as fast as possible that don't require VC money, okay? Doesn't mean I'm not gonna have people that have VC backing on the show. I am still gonna stay with that interview format where I'll do one solo episode and then I'll have a guest on on a weekly basis. That's my plan for right now. As we launch these first uh, maybe four or five episodes, it's gonna be all about just pure value that I've had in these private talks that I wanna share with you publicly for free And the reason why is because I got an amazing feedback from them. And so what I want to get into today is really kind of the core reason why I'm doing this. Uh, So you understand the whole direction of where this is heading and how it's going to serve you and benefit you. Okay. So if you look at this, when I, and it's really interesting because I, I went through many journeys, many, many peaks, many valleys throughout my life. And I've been blessed. I've had a truly amazing life. I didn't, I wasn't homeless. I wasn't beaten by my parents or or anything of that nature. I grew up in a lower middle-class home where I was loved and uh, in the Midwest and and had some amazing experiences. Now, as you kind of grow in life, there's different experiences that make a massive impact on you. And so that's what I want to just touch upon today because this is totally relevant for the direction that this is heading and you might be going through some of these today as well. And so I'm gonna show you what it looks like on the other side. And I'm gonna share my journey as I go through this because what the feedback I've gotten from people when they've talked to me one-on-one, whether they're a founder or a revenue leader, is those jobs are really tough. You know, that, that calling to, to, to serve other people as a founder or to try and execute on really aggressive numbers are really hard thing to do. And if you look at it, you know, revenue is the oxygen, the lifeblood of any business. If you don't have that, then you don't have a business, no matter how good your product is. 
And so I wanna, I wanna go through different strategies on how we can execute this. And basically, when I started, this was when I was, I don't know, maybe three and a half, four years into sales leadership. Uh, it all started where I was working about 65, 70 hours a week, which um, I, my old philosophy used to be work harder, right? Just, just work harder, work your way through it, find it out. And there's some benefits and some blessings that, that that's given me. Also now knowing what I know, there's a lot better ways to handle it, right? And so I sometimes with lone wolf stuff or um, action items, projects that I need to take instead of looking outward first or, or looking for someone who already solved the puzzle. And so in doing that, I was working those 70 hours a week. I would be in the office from seven in the morning to most of the time, 6.30, seven at night, uh, get home, I don't know, maybe 7.15, 7.30, sometimes 6.30, but most of the time that was it. And what happened is I had two young kids at the time. And so I, I, I was in an environment where basically the office was in shambles when I started, nursed that back to health. We were starting to produce consistently. But not only did I do that during the week, on top of it too, I worked multiple hours on the weekend. Whenever we would go somewhere in the car or basically if I had to fly somewhere, most of the time it was in the car, I would work I'd have my wife drive and I would work the entire time while we were traveling to and from, okay? And that was great from a work ethic perspective, but it was bad from a balance perspective. It was bad from a partnership perspective, relationship perspective. And so what happened was I started to get frustrated and angry because my whole entire life was built around the construct of work, okay? And so we were performing really well and, and hitting good numbers, but what ended up happening is, I remember that distinctly because I was sitting in the office a few days earlier, my boss was coming in town. He's like, hey Ryan, I wanna sit down with you uh, and let's have lunch, okay? And which was not a big deal because we've had lunch numerous times. And basically we went to the place and lunch where uh, my wedding reception was held. Downtown Chicago was an Italian restaurant called Pazzo's absolutely beautiful glass ceilings, marble everywhere, it was awesome. So a lot of great memories there. And basically he said to me, he's like, Ryan, we need to make a change. And I'm like, okay, what what does that mean, right? What, what does we need to make a change? He's like, well, because of how frustrated and unhappy you are, your team doesn't wanna work for you anymore. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me. He's like, yeah. He's like, no, no, I'm not kidding you. He's like, so we're gonna shift your team over to this new manager that we just hired, hasn't had any results. Even though you have results, we're shifting that because people are frustrated. And so we're shifting that over and you're gonna start a new role. And I'm like, okay, well, what's this new role? And, and so basically uh, they talked to me about it, which I'll get into in a second, but I think there, there's a couple things frustrating with that. Uh, I felt absolutely betrayed because I gave everything, my heart, my soul. And on top of it, I sacrificed time in my relationships, the quality of my relationships, quality of my happiness, just a lot to try and please them. And instead of talking to me about it or working with me on it, I just got kind of, uh, basically it felt like a safe got dropped on top of me. Because I, I basically gave everything that I could, but it wasn't enough, okay? And so what happened was I moved on from there and they're like, the thing that hurt was, was two things, like I was saying. One, uh, the new manager they brought in was not very intelligent. 
nice guy, but not very intelligent. And um, he he uh, he was very old school. Let me just put it that way. And, and and so he came in and he was everybody's friend, which is fine. But then they said to me, hey, Ryan, what we needed you to do is we need to move up market. Right. We noticed that you're really good at getting large deals or very good at sales strategy. And so we want to move up market. And we think that, you know, you could you could lead that initiative. And I'm like, OK, well, I have no team. You basically took my team away from me. They're like, well, exactly. You're going to start as an overlay and then you're going to start to build a team from scratch. And I'm like, OK, do we have any marketing support? They're like, no. Uh, do we have a big budget for hiring the appropriate reps to account for this? They said, no, you just kind of got to prove your way and then we'll add on top of it as we move along. And so literally, I felt like MacGyver, uh, who would make basically like a, a nuclear bomb out of a pinball machine and some popsicle sticks and some duct tape. So I had to find a way to make it happen. And so I'm like, all right, no problem. OK. And and by the way, I, I, I trivialize this and it sounded like I said no problem. But at that point, it wasn't packaged me as succinctly as that. And so I literally thought about leaving the company at that point. I was about... 10 minutes, maybe a minute, no, maybe five seconds away from leaving the company, but something inside me told me to stay. And so I I took on that journey. And at the same time, what happened is that same work pattern continued to an extent, right? Um, but instead of having a team, I was traveling all over the place. So I would travel from basically everywhere from up and down the East Coast and all the way down to the South into the Midwest and I would do day trips where basically I'd fly out at 5 a.m. or 6 a.m. and then I would get there and I'd get home at 9 uh, p.m. at night and then sometimes do the same thing again, which seems absolutely ludicrous by the time I look at it. So I literally felt like Frank the Tank from old school where he had a dart in his neck and basically he got shot with a tranquilizer dart, stumbled across the kid's party by the llama keeper and then knocked all the presents in the pool, fell in the pool. That's what I felt like for the first few years I was doing this because the I, I had to be involved with every deal since I didn't have a team. And so I literally traveled, was involved with every single key meeting and which had some amazing experiences and outcomes from it. But what happened over time is, you know, as we were going through and doing it, we tried a, a lot of, and we had a lot of success and we had a lot of failures. At first it was super hard. So. One of the reasons why I want to do this and help startup founders, uh, founders of, of SaaS companies or services companies or revenue leaders is because I know how hard it is. That stretch where I got I worked as hard as I could, got demoted and then had to work as hard as I could again, start from scratch and create and go from zero to the number they wanted me to create was a was a big task. Right. So we, we flew all across country. I mean, we would, <laughs> this is this is how aggressive we were. We were cherry picking different verticals that that we chose, which I'm gonna get into in the next episode on, on the secret sauce to how to do that and, and just absolutely crush it um, from a quantum leap perspective. However, we would go and let's say we had an appointment. We had an appointment one time, I remember, um, Atlantic City, Atlantic City, New Jersey. And we had a big, big prospect for a billion dollar company called LKQ. And they're like, well, we can meet this day. And we're like, sure, we're in the neighborhood uh, to try and avoid a call and have an in-person meeting. So we flew from Jersey City 5 a.m. the next morning after taking the guys from Spencer's out and then went to a company called LKQ for lunch. Uh, great guys. So one guy eat literally, I think it was like three hot dogs at lunch. 
was it was amazing. They're great people. And so we did that. And, and essentially what happened was through that, that was the start. And eventually that became the first really, really large deal that we got, which equated to over $2 million in ARR that we got in year one. So it was absolutely amazing how that unfolded. And so there's two really key areas that we kind of looked at it. Um, now, like I said, we went through the hard way of learning this. So I had more 5 a.m. and 6 a.m. flights that I can count. I had over 400 flights that cost 150K plus to do over 10,000 hours in customer meetings. We probably easily spent 3,000 hours in, in prep meetings and thousands of hours consuming content. So in mastering sales, and this was in the enterprise space, but the principles I'm gonna teach you also apply to mid-market, was over 14,000 hours just through that period of time. Now, these are the results, and this is what I'm gonna get into is the, the core strategy behind these results, which I think you'll find super exciting. So we grew from zero to 30 million in annual recurring revenue, and then added 30 million in capital revenue with only four salespeople with no demand gen in less than six years. I know. Um, I, I talked to a founder the other day. He's like, Ryan, I've never, I've never heard of anybody doing that or seen of anybody doing that before. And when I was there, I didn't realize what a big opportunity it was. My team worked their butt off, and we found a way. And so I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you and talk to you exactly about how that occurred and how that happened, so you can apply the principles to your business. We had over thirty five hundred thousand dollar plus deals as an unknown brand. So a lot of times there's talk about how really large deals are taken down and you get examples from Microsoft or SAP or Oracle, which are all great companies. However, it's exponentially harder, in my opinion, to get net new deals as an unknown brand than it is from one of the big brands who has tons of market share. Uh, we ended up getting a $20 million deal from Amazon Whole Foods. And then I was an equity partner and became an equity partner in the business and, and had an exit. And throughout that time, you know, we, like I said, that business unit grew from that uh, and it, it was awesome. It was an amazing experience. And so basically the getting back to the core reason why I'm sharing this is after chasing unicorns or windmills like Don Quixote, if you remember Don Quixote, that's an old school reference, right? But I remember that from class. You know, I, one of the things is I. it was a situation where I was going through that and in life at that time, I never felt like I was enough. Um, I never felt like it was enough for my CEO. And, and once I got out of that, I realized that that was something special that happened with the team that I had. And it, it's, it's my responsibility to share it. So for founders that I've talked to, there's so many out there that are trying to change the world and do something amazing and serve their market. And same thing with revenue leaders. They are trying to, to do massively complicated things with an average shelf life now, I think for CROs or VPs of sales of only 16 months. And so if I could shortcut that when it comes to big deals or, or enterprise sales, whatever you wanna call it, then I think that would be my contribution to the world because that could help entrepreneurs or or revenue leaders basically share life-changing solutions with the world that wouldn't have otherwise have gotten there, okay? And so that's really why I'm doing this and why I wanna help. Um, I know that 
you know, my life changed exponentially too when I went from working 70 hours and grinding it out to working 30, 35 hours a week and not checking email after hours or on the weekend. And it made a big impact on my kids and on my personal relationship with my wife and my friends. And so if I could do that and share that with you as well and give you the opportunity to to make that a reality and also give back, you know, once you start creating space in your life for happiness and contribution, then I, I, I would I would go when I lay down for my my final resting time. I would be happy if that's the life that I helped others live. So so that was the that's the quick breakdown. I wanted to share that with you and give you some context on where this went, where it's going and why I'm going to be sharing some of these things that I've never shared in public that are game changing for companies. So wanted to just share this with you today. Hope you hope you enjoy the episode. If you're listening to this on the podcast, please rate and review and share it. That's the number one way that this will grow is by you sharing with your friends. And I love, love, love to see the positive comments on social, whether it be on LinkedIn or other words. But please, please, please comment, like, and share. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Thank you for checking out The Scale Up Show. My mission in life is to help founders and revenue leaders avoid all the pain and suffering in revenue growth so they can flip it and create a life of their own design. So if you enjoyed this show, please like, review, share it on social, and more importantly, just share it with a friend. Share it with someone that you think could learn and benefit from what you heard on today. But the more we get the message out, the more people we could help, the bigger the impact we make, and the bigger the community gets, which helps everybody. So once again, thank you for being a loyal listener. I appreciate you and look forward to seeing you on the next episode.